It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Good Monday evening on Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. And the principalities of the airwaves. That's how bad it Prince is. And what? The principalities. The principalities. Oh, okay. amazing. They're kind of Incredible. like qualities. Yeah. But they're palities. That was amazing. Okay. Would not allow us to, to Skype with Dr. J. So we actually have Dr. J on the it's, phone. It's the FBI. Uh, we ain't going to stop us. No, it ain't. It ain't. stop us now. I'll do my diddy shake on them. Uh, hey, uh. We are on a mission also to make magazines great again. That's so true. subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. It's a quarterly mini book like experience packed full of a variety of authors and includes theologically driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign up your church, sign up your grumpy uncle while you're at it, mm. sign up Elon Musk. Oh, he needs it. And, he uh, needs it. And Dr. Uh, Francis Collins yeah. <laughs> for, this, for this interview. He and, needs it too. And this last edition, I actually had a pork shoulder recipe in there. You, from you? The, yeah, from me. Yeah. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Thanks for... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You guys won't go wrong. Hey, this magazine will guarantee various responses. Will or will not? I don't know. It will. Cross Politic is not held liable for any of them. Reading we guarantee the whole, <laughs> them, but we aren't held liable for them. <laughs> reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle, enjoy God's wondrous world. In addition <laughs> been to all of the above, starting next year, if you're a Platinum Club member, you That's get right. a magazine subscription for free. That's, That's right. right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a club member yet, sign up today. Four issues, 60 bucks per year, mm-hmm. unless you're a Platinum Club member, mm-hmm. that is. Go to fightlefeast.com right now and sign up. We're so grateful to have with us on the line. Can we tried to have him in the in the Skype and in the Zoom, but um but the Pallides. The Pallides and Pallides. Princes. The Princes and, and the, the Principles. I like it. They, I kinda like and it. And the FBI's and yeah. whoever else. Uh they they wasn't having it. So we got Dr. J Bhattacharya back on the show. He's man, we've talked to him several times. Everybody he knows who he is. Professor of Health Policy at Stanford University, research associate of the National Bureau of Economics Research. Uh Dr. Ba- uh, Do- we call him Dr. J. Recent research focuses on the epidemiology of COVID-19, as well as an evaluation of policy responses to the epidemic. He was also one of the uh, signers. I-, I think you were an author of the Great yep. Barrington yep. Declaration. Holds an MD and PhD in economics, both earned at Stanford University. Dr. J, thanks for coming back on Cross Politic. 
I'm so glad to be here. I, I wish I could. I wish you could be on Skype. I mean, I, maybe it's not a principal. Maybe it's just my stupid internet. But that's not not these days. It's, that's his Presbyterianism coming out. I'm not charismatic, guys. Nah, so you know. I've seen enough in the last two years to know it's not your internet. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can we can it's we actually put some, to be with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> can we put a new title on him too? Can defender of freedom and defender of health? Can we put that oh, title? Man. We could. He, we. We, uh, I think we can just yeah, like bes- bestow honorary. I think so. You know, Cross politic degree, hey. honorary you know degrees and fight laugh feast know, degree. There titles. we go. Titles, you know, yes. like the queen can can knight you. Yeah. Cross politic, I mean, you know, we can knight Doctor J. Doctor J. Yeah. Yeah. We Defender had, I had of no the... idea what I was getting into. When I called <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, you you knew you were getting into something rowdy. <laughs> I did actually. Yeah. So um, we, Dr. J, we thought it would be helpful, actually, if you might, I, we just assume you got this at your fingertips, but if somebody says, okay, um, over the last two years, since the COVID thing broke, there has been so much misinformation put out, particularly by the CDC and the medical establishment in general. Could you just off the top of your head, give us kind of, I don't know, your top number of here are the places where medical establishment really failed the American public. What are your top number of pieces of misinformation that got put out that we can actually you know, funny that factually the, uh, dispel now? Sure. Uh, so like the U.S. Surgeon General actually asked for the public to give him like what misinformation they'd heard. And so I sent him a letter along with the Indiana Attorney General and Martin Kuldorf of Harvard, of Harvard University. Yeah. Um, we sent him a letter of like the, the top pieces of misinformation I've heard through the pandemic. Uh, but it turns out most of it came out from the government. Mm. Uh, most of it must have came from the, so I'll just give you just a list of uh, just a, yep. a, a smattering of this. Uh, what do you, what was the mortality rate before the vaccine from COVID? Well, it turns out from a whole bunch of studies measuring antibody levels in the population and correlated with the mortality rate, it, uh, the infection fatality rate from COVID infection worldwide was something like 0.2%, so 99.8% survival before the vaccine. Uh, now, there was a huge age gradient where there was like a t- like a thousand-fold difference in the risk. Older people, much, much higher risk, mm-hmm. 5 6 7% mortality. Children, much, much lower risk. Um, so children were not at severe risk ever from COVID. Mm-hmm. Young people generally were not. Uh, it was much lower, whereas the health, World Health Organization said the risk of death was 3 or 4%. They were off by a factor of 20. Wow. Um, uh, fact, fact, that's one. Second, did did uh, did lockdowns help save any lives? No. You know, most of the studies, yes. In fact, it, 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 if you look at if you compare places that had severe lockdowns versus places that didn't, and you you try to do as many careful compares like controls as you can, it, it turns out it's very hard to find any evidence at all. At best, what lockdowns did is it delayed the infections off to the future for a little while, and mainly for the laptop class, the set of people who could actually afford to not lose their jobs, maybe 10, 20, 30% of the American population. But for the rest of the world, the lockdowns were a devastating mistake, devastating failure. It caused 100 million people worldwide to be thrown into poverty. $2 a day of lesser income. $2 a day of lesser income. 
Yeah, or, or less of income. I mean, because what happens is you have like a lockdown, essentially, you know about the supply chains, right? You break right. a supply chain. The, the pointy end of that is the poor person in a poor country. Yeah. They reorganize their economy to fit right. in with the rest of the world. You oh. break that promise and all the poor people. And and, and the, the, and the really sad thing is in March of 2021, there was an estimate that 240,000 children had died from starvation as a consequence of the economic dislocation by the lockdown. 240,000? Children in South Asia alone. This is a UN estimate. Um, uh-huh. and, and, you know, that's just March of 2021. We're talking in the in the millions of, ch- of people, children, the poorest of the poor harmed by these lockdowns. Economic, we thought about we're, we're trading economy for lives. In fact, what we're doing is we're, we're trading the lives of the poor for the lives of the laptop class. Wow. And in fact, it didn't even protect the laptop class. Wow. Um, so that's that's myth number two that that, that that I think the people don't don't realize is, is such a big myth. The lockdowns were a deadly, deadly mistake. Um, the, the myth, myth number three: if you get COVID and recover, which is basically almost everybody, do you have some protection against against reinfection? Do you have some? The answer is yes. You have a lot of it, like the, the, what people call natural immunity. Immunity after you had COVID and recovered is quite good. If the second time you get COVID is likely to be less severe than the first time, much less severe. Mm-hmm. That's partly, it's not, it's not so like, for, for instance, why is Omicron so much less deadly? Part of it is that it's meeting a population that are already had COVID That's and right. recovered. Right. Immunity actually is a thing. Our body actually does learn, right. even without any products, how to deal with these kinds of things. Uh, and, um, uh, but you wouldn't have learned that if you listened to the CDC, which mm-hmm. denied that through the whole pandemic almost. Um, uh, the vaccines. I, I argue for the vaccines for older people. As I said, there's really high risk. I think the vaccines do protect against severe disease and death. And for the people that really face that risk, I think it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. But um, but does it stop transmission? Does it make it so you don't get COVID? Nope. No. Incredible. And that, that was that was essentially a lie. Told, and on the basis of the lie... I know countless people lost their jobs, countless people lost their their livelihoods, that these vaccine mandates, these vaccine, um, vaccine, uh, essentially like passports, right. essentially discrimination for no, pr- mm. we created second class citizens mm-hmm. in the United States and elsewhere on the basis of nothing, on the basis of somehow this idea that if you're unvaccinated, you're unclean. Mm-hmm. As unchristian an idea as I can imagine, that was a that was a that was based on on a, 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 mm-hmm. the, a misperception that the vaccine stops transmission, and it does not stop transmission. You're not unclean if you're not unvaccinated. That's just that was just a lie, essentially spread by public health. Doctor J, did you um? Catch, wait, he wasn't done. Uh, Hold on, wait a second. Number five, Doctor. You have five? a number five. I don't want to stop you. Don't if you got a number yeah. five, you can keep going. <laughs> number five. Uh, number five. Do masks stop transmission of the uh, disease? Come on. Here. <laughs> No, that was that essentially that was a lie. Uh, and why is it called a lie? Because we knew before the pandemic yeah. for the flu, based on good randomized trials, um, that it doesn't stop mm-hmm. transmission for for like for, for the for the influenza. It doesn't. Well, this this is a virus spread by aerosols. So if you're ma- for instance, you wear a mask and you're you know how your glasses fog up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's aerosols escaping up the top. That means if you have COVID, it's still escaping even though you're wearing a mask. Forget <laughs> about the holes in the mask, right. the holes in the sides. That's the gap. And we told older people who are at high risk in the tide of the pandemic, oh, go wear a cloth mask mm. and you'll be fine. How many people died because of that? Oh. I mean, people felt safe going out wearing a cloth mask. Well, there's no good science arguing that, that, that it was that they protected anyone at all. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, those those to me are, are um, the top five. I could go on. <sighs> There's so many, uh, so many myths spread out by our our health agencies, uh, and um, uh, it, it's it's to me it's like it's just a shocking thing because I I. Uh, you know, I work in public health. I've long admired some of these people that, that put out these. I, that's, I, the only, I, and I don't, I can't wrap my mind around how they were either unable to read the science or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, like part of it is like if someone, you go to a doctor, like a young doctor, and the young doctor doesn't know what to tell you because he doesn't, hasn't recognized, hasn't, hasn't like dealt with this uh, condition that you have before. Right. And sometimes you have this, like this desire to like, you know, hide the truth that you don't know because they're, you have the patient looking at you and you're like, Oh, what, what I, I need to tell him something. The honest thing to do is just say, I don't know. And I think that's what happened to public health. They didn't know. And they should have just told the public the truth instead of, uh, of making these, uh, I mean, part of it was also there's, there were, they were, they were also like financial interest to play, you know, like with Pfizer and all that. Yeah. But a lot of it was just ego, hubris and pride mm. uh, by people like scientists who thought that they knew better when they didn't. You know, and it, and it came out uh, through FOIA requests and, and, and the like that actually like Dr. Collins, who's a professing Christian, was kind of coming after you in the Barrington Declaration kinda. and stuff that you, I mean, kind of, I mean, it, it, it's amazing to me that Christians, confessing Christians at the highest levels were trying to get you to shut up. Now, this was really shocking. So let me tell the, the listeners the story if, they, if, yeah, they, yes. if they've heard it. So I'll just tell you. So we wrote this great Barrington Declaration. Me, we is me, Martin Kulldorff of Harvard University, and then Sunetra Gupta of Oxford. She's yeah. an amazing epidemiologist yeah. at Oxford University. So, you know, Harvard, Stanford, Oxford. Um, uh, we wrote this on October 4, 2020, saying, look, there's this huge gradient in risk. Older people are high risk. Young young people are not such a high risk, and very low risk, especially children. But the lockdowns are destroying the lives of children, of young people, of vulnerable people. It's destroying the lives of the poor, the working class. The humane thing to do is focus protection of older populations which meant better protecting nursing homes, uh, more support for uh, test, better testing and, and uh, for, for, for in, in places where older people are, just an awareness that old people are really at the highest risk, uh, and then resources to protect them. And, and for the rest of the population, lift, lift the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. That, that was October 2020. I mean, I think we got that right. Um, in fact, that's essentially the policy most of the world is now following, except mm-hmm. for China. Um, the, the four days after we wrote the declaration, turns out from FOIA, requests, we found out that Francis Collins, who's the head of the National Institute of Health, mm-hmm. uh, and, and as you say, a Christian, a man who he is very famous for the Human Genome Project, so he's very famous as a scientist, but also very famous because he is a Christian. He started BioLogos and other, other organizations. He wrote books about, about how you can be a scientist and have faith at the same time. I looked up to him for years. Um, he wrote an email to Tony Fauci, also at the National Institute of Health, sitting on top of tens of billions of dollars of financing for scientists, determining the careers of, of, of basically every prominent biomedical scientist in the U.S. He wrote an email saying that uh, me, Martin Kuldorf, and Sunetra Gupta are fringe epidemiologists. You literally called us, mm. you wrote in writing, fringe epidemiologists. By the way, I got a, some of, one of my friends wrote a, got me a business card that now says fringe epidemiology <laughs> on it. So I, I, I won't be on my... I love that. <laughs> I can go. I can. I now. It's a term of pride. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, I, if if this was the main, the mainstream epidemiology is lockdowns. I can't be on the fringe any day. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then he called for a devastating published takedown of the premises of the declaration. 
I started then getting calls from from the press asking me why I want to let the virus rip. Why did I want to kill grandma in effect? Yep. What was wrong with me? Yep. I started getting death threats. I started getting, I started getting, you know, essentially racist attacks on, on like on emails. Incredible. Um, I, it was, it was really, it was really shocking. And then I would hear Francis Collins or Tony Fauci, especially on TV saying, well, they, they want to let the virus rip. I didn't want to let the virus rip. I wanted to protect older people. I wanted yeah. to protect Young people from the harms of the lockdown. We're seeing the the fruits of that now with devastating learning loss. Uh -huh. Why did we close schools? Sweden didn't close schools. They have no learning loss, and their kids did just as well as ours right. in terms of of COVID. Right. They had better outcomes for COVID than we did. Mm -hmm. Schools were never the the place that they threat. But we closed schools so much of our country, and our kids, especially poor kids, are paying the price of that. Um, that's what we were calling for. We were we were calling for a policy that balanced the risks of all these other risks that, to, to human health and life, not just COVID, against the risk of COVID and protecting the people who are most vulnerable from COVID, not letting the virus rip. It was a slander aimed at destroying our reputation in order so that they could create this illusion that all scientists agreed with them. That's how they got their way. Wow. They wanted to create illusion of consensus that didn't exist. So we wrote the Great Banting Declaration. You have Harvard, Stanford, Oxford, Nobel Prize winners signing on, tens of thousands of doctors mm -hmm. and scientists signing on. I mean, that meant that there never was a scientific consensus in favor of lockdown. Right. Have that you ever gotten have you ever gotten an apology from Francis or, you know, I mean no. Rick Warren and all no, these people that were part of the BioLogos thing? No, I've not heard from any of them. Um, I mean, like Francis Collins went on TV doubling down on it when when those emails came out. I mean, I, I just I I'm um, disappointed isn't the is can't just convey the, the depth of like the problem is like he just he abused his authority and power. Like the head of the NIH, it's not just they have tens of billions of dollars of money. You control the careers That's of right. countless scientists, right. right? So if you have the head of the NIH say that this is a fringe position and try to act that way, many, many scientists who agree, uh, don't agree with him will stay silent because yep. they don't want to lose their Career. They don't want to lose their status within the scientific uh, establishment, and that's what—that's essentially the power that he abused—the power, the, the power to, to control the minds and utterances of scientists when he he really should have just engaged with us. Well, and, and, I mean, if he thought it was wrong, send that. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. No, we don't talk to you guys. We know it's best. Uh, yeah. You follow us. You know, it's not just that it—it's it, messed with careers, and I think that's very, very important. It's, there are people's careers and livelihoods on the line. You guys have given so much time of your lives to education, to care for people. So that's important. But it's also manipulating a complete health of a nation. Right. Right. And so now you have people who are making decisions based off of bad information or manipulated information from from Fauci and from Collins. When we, we, that's egregious. That, that is absolutely yeah. egregious. You know, doc, we well, and, and they're not like, I mean, back to the, the example that Dr. J gave a few minutes ago. I mean, it's understandable in a certain respect about the sort of the young, the young doctor that wants to have the answer who doesn't right. know the answer. Right. But when we're talking about Francis Collins and Tony Fauci, who are not, you know, these are not, you know, brand new. I mean, that, that, I mean, they, they've been around the block. They know how to say, I don't know. You'd think. <laughs> or should. Apparently right. they don't. That's the problem. They right. don't know how to say, I don't know, which is a shocking thing. Like, okay, you, you have the nation looking at you and saying, what should we do? This is a once in a lifetime epidemic or it hasn't happened in a generation. Right. I mean, the honest thing is to say we don't know. Because right. then once you do that, then you get all these other people wanting to help That's learn right. what the right thing to do is. Right. And we had That's answers. the honest thing. 
We had answers. Doc. Yeah. I was, you know, I went back today and looked. I was trying to figure out the one the first time we had you on the show, but I, I actually stopped because I found out our first show was March 16th, dealing with the pandemic in 2020. Yeah. And I remember that uh-huh. it, it was like um, everybody had died in the apocalypse. There were no doctors who were speaking the opposite side of Fauci or the, the, the narrative. Right. And so you were the one of the few people that were out there talking and you were so graceful with how you spoke we i remember march 16th we're like hey man this is a play <laughs> they trying to take your the government's trying to take over the medical institute this is we the, were saying that on march 16th, march 16th they're, they're driving fear wow. into we, it is, we, we were all yeah. over it and i remember when we had you on you kind of settled my nerves about like okay maybe it's not as radical as i thought <laughs> but as you've gone on through this, you have to be looking back saying, man, I probably could have come out with a few more swords cutting and swinging. And <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for that then. I mean, I, I don't, I, I had a, maybe it's naive. And I still, unfortunately, I thought maybe it's not fun for it. I still do have this like naive thing that, that most scientists do want to know the truth. Uh, but, but I've learned the pandemic, there are people who wow. just, they're there for that, for them. I mean, it was like a power move. Yeah. Um, and they they use their power in abusive ways rather than allowing that scientific discussion to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't think yeah. the rank and file scientists wants to think that way. They don't. They don't. They they. But it, during the pandemic, it was very difficult to speak up. And I found out why. Like essentially, the the scientific bureaucrats, the top scientific bureaucrats, uh, worked to create this illusion of consensus, and then they use their power with the press, with social media, to try to destroy the careers or to destroy the reputations of people who did speak up that's shocking right? yeah it is i mean it's excuse it's excusable if you if you don't know because it's a new it's a new disease there's a lot to learn i've learned a lot about this disease since march 16th i, I didn't yeah. know the infection mortality rate then i, I didn't know mm-hmm. that we were going to have a vaccine in nine months i didn't know even then right. at that point i wasn't even clear about about whether there was immunity after infection that was still to be determined based on scientific results we learned a lot but the honest thing is to say we should we, things we did know we know closing schools is going to harm kids we knew that right. for a fact yeah. and yeah. we did it yeah um i mean you know like we don't we knew that panicking people was just going to cause psychological damage and harm you know one in four young adults in june of 2020 seriously considered suicide in the united states of america according wow. to a cdc uh, estimate one in four wow. um i mean i, I just the depth of psychological damage we've done to our country, we, the scientists, have done to our country, is just, it's almost unimaginable. You know, we knew all of that. Well, and you, I mean, but you're, what you're describing is um, humility. That's you, right. You're, you're describing, you know, and, and I think you weren't wrong to say earlier, I mean, what, what is it that drove this? Hubris. Hubris, pride, arrogance, yeah. pride, yeah. And, and pride goes before the fall. I've got to read an ad and then I, and then I got, I've got a I, and then we got a couple more questions here. Uh, the mission of armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of Liberty mm. necessary to preserve God given rights, including medical and healthcare rights. Facts. In the armored Republic, there's no King, but Christ. We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of Liberty. We create tools of Liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny, wherever it appears God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend those rights he's bestowed on us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. So visit them today at AR, the number 500, armor.com. Dr. Bhattacharya, are you familiar with this? uh, I believe it's a new study out of Sweden that is suggesting, I think I saw Dr. Um, Peter McCullough talking about this on Twitter, that's suggesting that mRNA is starting to cross over into DNA? Are you familiar with that at all? That study? Can you tell us about that? 
yeah, sure. So I'm not so so alarmed about that. Say in part because it was done just in vitro, meaning like in a petri dish or whatever. Okay. Okay. Uh, not in not in you know, actual humans. Um, it's a little bit of a surprising result. mRNA is uh, the way that. That, that that like biology works. You have DNA that then gets translated into mRNA, which then gets translated into proteins. That's the central dogma of biology. Right. And never usually you don't go the other way. mRNA never it's just generally doesn't edit DNA. Uh, apparently that there's some mRNA like th that can edit DNA in vitro under certain conditions. But does it happen in reality? Does it happen in real life? I think it's unlikely. I just we haven't seen that. Uh, evidence of that in real in in like real humans yet. Uh, it's interest. It's an interesting biological experiment, but it's not this. It's not the same thing as uh, as as as. as it's, I think the the better way to think about the the vaccines is uh, in terms of the, with any vaccine, you learn a lot over time. Like especially you know you have this new vaccine about about what the what the what the effects and side effects are. So this vaccine, it's new. It's let's say put ourselves in the shoes of January twenty twenty one. We, we pretty much know that it's at least three months from this big randomized trial that it protects against against symptomatic infection. Well, who does symptomatic infection matter for? Older people, right? Because they're the ones who die at high rates from this. Younger people, much less so. So and we don't know the full set of side effects of this vaccine. It's Jan again, January 2021. We know something from the trials, but we don't know a lot. Um, you so the the prudent thing to do is compare the, the the potential benefits against the potential harms stuff for stuff we don't know and say look for older people it probably makes sense to try it to, to use it because it protect it clearly protects against severe against symptomatic infection which is really bad for older people for younger people you know if if you're if you're in a high risk group maybe I don't know but you go talk with your doctor and see if it's right for you don't use force and coercion and and and, the, and guilt to try to get people to take this that for whom it's a very low benefit and kids is such a low risk from COVID. Uh, why would you take the risk of the vaccine? I, I think that kind of humble approach to the vaccine would have would have used would have put the vaccine in a much different light. I mean, we, we, it may be that this this result you're talking about on Sweden is 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 clinically important, but I, I, don't, I think we would have seen it by now because that result actually is old. It's about uh, a year old. Okay. And I haven't seen epidemiological evidence that that, that that's like hugely important. Um, we have seen is that. This vaccine has, for especially for young men, it, it has myocarditis. It causes myocarditis, yeah, inflammation yeah. of the heart. Yeah. That is a established, well-known well side effect. It it does have side effects, negative side effects, especially in young people. Right. The right use of this vaccine, um, and you know, I, I don't think this is the end point of this. Like, if you want, if you have a vaccine like this, is the first one. It's never going to be the last one. You want good more re want more research done. Somehow, this vaccine became this like idol. That we, if you don't, if you don't like support it, you're like somehow a bad that's evil right. person. Yep, that's right. It's just been treated like a regular medical thing, and decided based on its on a, on its uh, you know like based on epidemiological data for whom it's useful, for whom it's not, and let doctors advise patients honestly about whether it's useful or not for particular patients and make a decision on the basis of your health status, not this idea that 90% of the people actually vaccinated or the world is going to end. That was never true. The vaccine doesn't stop transmission. Mm -hmm. That's right. That, I, I, yeah. Uh, I was just saying, I'm grateful about the, to hear that the crossover isn't happening because I started buying more ammo after I heard that. I said, this is how we get the zombies. <laughs> like, this is how we the get the zombie zombies. apocalypse. I knew we were going to have zombies. This is it. So you put me at ease. I'm, I still Dr. have a bunch Jason, of ammo. No, no, no zombies. No, no zombies. zombies are not coming. I, yeah, he said maybe. Uh, no, I just think the zombies. I mean, my gosh. Um, I think, uh, I think the, the funny thing is, is like, it, we turn this like vaccines into this like morality play. 
You, yeah. you get the vaccine, you're a good guy. If you don't get the vaccine, you're a bad guy. And in, in other circles, it's the other way around, right? Right. It's just a medical. It's just a medical thing, right? Yeah. It's just it's just a medical treatment. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Let's based on your own clinical circumstances. Let's does it make sense? Does it not? We should have turned it into that, right. rather than this like morality play. And right. I think a lot of the anxiety around the vaccines, a lot of the the crazy fights around them. Um, and including the the horrible policies like these yeah. these mandates and these and these they, they, it's it's really turned something that should have been just a medical thing that may have been useful for some people into this like major fight and uh, and 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 uh, the the um, uh, lives of so many people have been harmed by that fight. Um, so, the political things. Can it's, I, it's just really can I ask one more question? Or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I'm out. I think when the last question we need to get to is the post pandemic phase stuff. I want to I want to get yeah, to yeah. that. Go, go ahead, Pastor. Well, I was, I was just going to ask. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's elections next Tuesday. Yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah. That's tomorrow. <laughs> next this Tuesday. Tuesday. Next Tuesday. This it is. Tuesday. It is next Tuesday. Next yeah, Tuesday yeah. is tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And 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 there, a lot of people are predicting kind of a, a red wave. A, a bunch of a more conservative Republicans uh, uh, taking the House and the and the Senate. Uh, maybe some governor seats as well. And part as a reaction to the pa- pandemic response and and maybe the fallout the economic fallout inflation all this other stuff mm-hmm. supply chain stuff um what what is your take on that and do you are you do you think that um what do you think needs to happen yeah. in particular um with this new um congress and new um new leadership what do they need to do um in this uh, post pandemic phase so um, whoever it is, uh, I mean, I, I don't I'm like not actually a very political person. Uh, I do think that 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 the damage done by the by political leaders who impose the lockdown has been tremendous uh, to, to to some of the most vulnerable people in society. Uh, but whoever it is that you know that 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 uh, that, that gets elected, uh, I mean, I, we, you know, whoever whoever's in authority, sure. I think will have a responsibility to do an honest assessment of what happened and what went wrong which we have not had. We had like the, the Democratic Congress did a did a, uh, some sort of like a, this COVID commission where they where they essentially blamed Trump for everything, where they blamed Scott Atlas for everything. Right. Oh, it's just it's just it's just heartbreaking because like you know you have this, this is a serious serious issue. You don't politicize it in this net this way. It's it's crazy. Like all these this, all these mistakes that were made that were these harms that were done and nothing to do with that that which had nothing to do with Trump. like you know like the vaccine mandates. Sure. Wasn't Trump that put those in place? Right. Um, um, you know, it, it's so, so, um, yeah, it's not that Trump made no mistakes. I mean, sure. and I can, I can go on about his mistakes too. He called Fauci in. <laughs> yes. Like why didn't he fire Fauci in July, 2020? That's, yeah. that's, Amen. Amen. that's right. Um, but, but okay, but leave, leave us the, the point finger pointing aside, like sure. there were policy mistakes that were made. Uh, and the, the issue is like when there's another pandemic, we need to put in place new structures you know like you have like the american government the genius of the american government is that we have checks and balances all over the place there, there's no right. there's no king that can decide everything right. but essentially that's what happened during the pandemic you had like essentially tony fauci was the de facto president of the united states yep as far as, so, um you can't have you can't have that you can't have science take over all of the functions of democracy with no checks and balances where they have the power to say you guys are fr-. all these other scientists who disagree with me are fringe i am i am sci-. what did he say he said like uh uh if you question me you're not simply questioning a man you're questioning science itself right 
think about yeah. the hubris of that. Right. Um, I, I, and, and you know, he he really believes it. So you, you have to you have to put in place structures that don't allow that to happen again. In order to do that, you have to have honest questions and answers, both about the origin of the virus and the and the and the, and the processes that led to that, and also about the lockdowns and the. Um, the vaccines, the immunity, all of that, all of those need to be questions that the Congress should investigate. And we have need to have, we, the the people need honest answers to them where everybody involved, not just the people who control the pandemic response that made these mistakes, but everybody, including critics are involved in this investigation. So you can get an honest answer for the first time about what actually went on, what databases they looked at when they made these decisions, what uncertainties did they consider? Why did they not involve outside people? Where was the checks and balances? I think the outcome of that process, if we do an honest investigation of these, of these questions will be that we will make lockdown a dirty word. We will never lock down again. You know, Whoa, you know do- Dr. J, I just got to tell you right now, I know you said whoever wins, but you know good and well. I know you know this. There's no way the Democrats want that kind of investigation to take place or yeah. to happen at all. And if the Republicans do win, I hope that they hire you to be at the front of that task force to be Amen. able to take care of the make sure that, we, that, you know, lockdowns become a dirty a word. bad word. Yes. Uh, we want, we want, yeah. we want the, that word to get... That's, that's the one that YouTube flags. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. J, thank you so much. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Election coverage tomorrow evening. We'll see you guys there. While God created the world, the morning stars sang together. After God delivered Israel through the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam led the people in singing. God destroyed Israel's enemies under King Jehoshaphat while the choir sang. When Jesus was born, the angels sang, and before going to the cross, he sang. God rejoices over us with singing, and one of the only things we know for certain that everyone will be doing in heaven is singing. At New St. Andrews College, we understand that music is not an elective. It is central to our being and identity. We endeavor to train all our students in a joyful and robust musical literacy that will help them shape culture in a Christ-like direction wherever they go. Additionally, we offer the Certificate of Music in conjunction with our bachelor's degree in liberal arts and culture for students who desire extra music training beyond the regular music courses they will take as a part of the core curriculum. In the certificate program, you won't simply appreciate music or listen to it or talk about it. You will do music. You will study it, analyze it, read it, write it, sing it, and play it. You will receive private instruction in your primary instrument as well as secondary lessons in voice, piano, conducting, and other instruments. You will receive a solid foundation in music theory and analysis. You will study music history, church music, and music pedagogy. And when you graduate, you will leave with the ability to sing, play, understand, and steward music in whatever church or community you plant yourself. I'm Dr. David Erb, and this is the Certificate of Music at New St. Andrews College. Struggling to catechize your kids? Is just reading a question and waiting for an answer not engaging enough? Wish there was a better way to train up your children? Now there is. Question 1. What is the chief end of man? Answer. 
Man's chief end is to glorify God, and to enjoy Him forever.